welcome back for another of our Loma Sue Walk and Talk podcasts, where we talk all things positive psychology, emotional intelligence and neuroscience, and hopefully have the opportunity to learn and grow together to be the best we can be. And uh, one of the member sessions that we've done recently is the role of technology in fostering well-being. And I thought it might be interesting just to have a bit of a conversation around this and, and maybe share with you some of the things that I've explored uh, in order to put together a session for our members. Um, when we think about technology, it's all around us. It's changing very rapidly. We all use technology in some regards, whether it's listening to this podcast, whether it's uh, Zoom or Teams meetings, whether it's the phone uh, or whether it's much more nuanced and advanced technology. And what we wanted to do is just explore together uh, the impact of technology. And if you think about what te technology is, it's the application of scientific knowledge uh, to the practical aims of human life. Um, and it can help or hinder sometimes. It can change and manipulate our human environment. Um, what I really love is the research around positive technology, which is the scientific and applied approach that uses technology to improve the quality of our personal experience with the goal of increasing wellness and generating strengths and resilience in individuals, organizations and society. I love that, the idea of positive technology. One of the conversations that we explored this morning that uh, we kind of ended on and I'm going to start with is one of the things with technology is there's lots of positives and there's potential downsides. Um, and I suppose one of the things I like to think about is the equivalent of user error. If we are using technology in a way that detracts from our quality of life, then maybe we need to consider that we're using it wrong. Um, so for me, I suppose it's like anything. You can use strengths for good or evil, if you like. You can use technology for good or evil. So how are we using technology? And what we did is we explored a whole range of different things to do with technology, to do with uh, positive psychology and well-being. And I'm sure you know there are many... Um, uh, internet-based programs, there are many uh, email-based programs, app-based programs around increasing happiness and well-being. And at the moment, we've got mixed results on whether they actually work or not. Um, and one of the biggest things that certainly we discussed on our session with our members is um, that it may depend again on the user because for some people having an app can be really helpful um, and for some people they can get really annoyed by the app. Uh, sometimes um, I was talking to somebody recently whose organization has just rolled out uh, a well-being app and it asks them to assess how they are at periodic intervals and if you are indicating you're not doing so well it then prompts you and says your well-being is low um, and prompts you to do something uh, but he commented he's now getting really annoyed with the app telling him that his well-being is low. Um, so again, it may depend on the person. Uh, you may find with an app you get all excited initially and then maybe the, uh, the enthusiasm rubs off. Um, we did look at some uh, research that actually explored uh, email-guided self-help positive psychology interventions uh, around well-being processes. Uh, the biggest impact was in this particular research study was the impact on positive relations and self-compassion. Uh, we have got other research with amazing technology by the fabulous Diane Vella Broderick, who some of you may remember from a previous session where um, they found out of three out of five studies with students that the use of technology uh, to promote well-being and performance actually increased their learning uh, experience um, and particular areas they found was an increase in relaxation and focus uh, and a uh, reduction in depressive symptoms. 
Um, so there's lots of different variations that we're seeing now with different um, platform systems, apps, etc., around well-being. And it's probably fairly early um, actually exploring whether they work or whether they don't. And again, what you might find is they work for one person more so than another. Uh, we had a conversation about the use of apps for mindfulness. Um, does it help having an app? Many people will say, yes, they love their app when they're practicing mindfulness. Many people will say, well, I do mindfulness without the prop as the, the, the word that can sometimes be used. And again, it's not to say it's a bad thing. And yet we had an interesting conversation around um, whether the use of technology may mean that we're not building that personal strength around something. So is using an app mean it's being done for me as opposed to building the skill myself? And that's an interesting thought. We also know that um, technology can be used for amazing things. And some of the new things that are being piloted, which I really love, uh, Emma's World is a virtual reality system to uh, develop to treat uh, stress-related disorders. Uh, Earth of Wellbeing is a um, well-being virtual reality system that was actually adapted from the Mars 500 program uh, for astronauts to keep their well-being high uh, supposedly on the uh, the trip to Mars um, and it was designed to induce positive emotions in a controlled way and reinforce psychological resources um, so interesting now that's being uh, made not just for astronauts but available to uh, many different people through virtual reality and we've also got amazing advances in technology when it comes to um, having greater access to the way the brain is wired from a uh, sub-second level now with the ultra-fast MRIs. We've got technology around neurostimulation where we can have mind-controlled robotic arms, uh, um, literally graphing onto neurological tissue. Um, and the wonderful work of Jordan Ewan around um, uh, helping uh, a young boy actually uh, with locked-in syndrome drive a car basically through uh, sensors on the outside of his head, so the sensors directly to his brain. Um, and so we know technology is doing some wonderful things. There are some potential harmful effects, and this may be, again, due to user error, um, and it might be something worth thinking about. Um, so some of the potential heightened uh, effect or harmful effects can be things like uh, cyberbullying or creating digital divides because technology can uh, perhaps reduce our sensitivity to what we would say. Uh, some people say things uh, on... Um, uh, social media platforms that they would never say to a person uh, face to face but we also know algorithms um, can actually enhance that digital divide um, and creating divisions in society uh, by pushing people in more extreme directions etc and then we've got simple things to do with posture and eye strain uh, the physiological element of the smaller your screen is uh, the more it drops your posture but also drops your mood because you're hunching over a smaller screen so so again, linking to that physiological um, content that we've spoken about before of our physiology impacting uh, how we feel, well, guess what? If you're hunched over a little phone compared to a big screen, maybe that impacts.
Uh, we've got research around um, technology addiction, creating social isolation, um, reducing academic performance and creativity and delays in language development and reductions in uh, uh, social and emotional skills, etc. Increase in aggressive behaviour. Um, so there are all sorts of potential harmful effects. And one of the things that we may find, and we certainly discussed on our member session that today, was... Um, that because the pace of technology is moving so fast, maybe we don't understand the benefits and the harmful effects at this stage. It's moving faster than we can perhaps comprehend. Some of the uh, ethical uh, implications, of course, are the unknown consequences. Uh, is it ethical to enhance a brain or a body? Um, and may we be damaging the brain and the body and the, uh, the neural pathways along the way? Who knows? Uh, the privacy side of things, the manipulation side of things are all potential ethical implications. What I'd like to consider, though, is the benefits of technology. You might find technology yourself actually helps you focus by using white noise. You might find that uh, listening to audiobooks helps you gain more information. Uh, personally, I often listen to audiobooks when I'm uh, doing my walks or runs, um, and sometimes I find I don't take it in, so I'll listen to it two or three times, um, or sometimes I love it, so I buy the book. Um, so it's still not may I don't think it enhances my learning quite so much, and my retention when I listen, uh, it may for you. Um, but you might get access to a lot more information um, through the benefits of technology. And one of the things that I really love at the moment, and I, I don't know if anybody uses these things, but um, the way that we can track from a physical fitness perspective. So many people um, track, whether it's using a Fitbit or a watch of some sort or other sort of wearable device um, or a ring, whatever it happens to be, where we can track certain things, whether it's our sleep or our fitness, etc. And now, of course, we've got some amazing um, technology where literally we can wear a patch and we can tr um, track our, whether it's our heart rate or our blood sugar levels or a whole bunch of different things where we can get instant biofeedback on what's going on for us from a physical perspective. So I think the benefits of technology are, can be wonderful. Um, they can increase our connectivity. Uh, some brilliant research that has found people um, from minority groups actually find uh, connecting through social media can be really powerful. And by minority groups, it could be anybody. It could be you've been diagnosed with a, a rare disease and connecting with uh, fellow people on a social media platform, whether it's WhatsApp or whatever it happens to be, can be hugely beneficial because you've got people who understand you that you can connect with and you may never physically meet them. And yet the technology gives us the opportunity to do that. Um, personally, when we think about the impact on communication, yes, we know things can be misinterpreted. And yet again, if we think about that user error that I mentioned, are we actually using technology in a way that works for us? So I know myself, um, uh, not so long ago linked to a, uh, a business purchase. Um, sometimes sending things in black and white via email can sound uh, rather uh, cut and dried, black and white, and it's hard to tell somebody's um, intention. So I actually sent uh, a video message beforehand saying, I just want to let you know this is what's coming, this is what I'm thinking, etc. Um, so people can hear the tone of voice, they can see your face, they can see your smile, they can see the things that they wouldn't be able to see uh, via email. So the fact that we 
um, have a variety of technology, are we choosing uh, technology that really works for us? We can think about other things. Some of the things we discussed this morning is um, the benefits that come from enhanced technology that can help people. Um, for instance, elderly people, there's a program called Butler, which is a wonderful uh, pilot opportunity of uh, connecting uh, people in an older population that actually gives them the opportunity to uh, connect, stay connected, reduce loneliness, etc. And it actually has three levels um, around hedonic, eudaimonic and social interaction. But it's a, a techno technological e-health platform that uses, um, that connects people. But it aims to sort of deliver three levels of implementation. Uh, diagnosis, so linked to mood monitoring, alert systems, uh, reporting from a physical and, and well-being perspective. Uh, therapeutic, so linking around training and, and learning around different um, strategies and tools, uh, memory work, etc. And also entertainment, such as connecting people, whether it's via email or chat or videos, photo albums, music, friend forums, etc. Um, and again, this was a lovely conversation that we had this morning because often you might find if people have grown up with technology, then it might be easier to implement and use. Um, and yet any age range, technology can actually improve the way that we connect with people. So I don't know if you'd like to have a think about, it's made me reflect basically on my use of technology and um, my aura ring has died now actually, but um, I loved my aura ring for tracking, tracking my sleep in much with much more nuance. It gave me insights in uh, when I eat, what I eat, um, timing before bed, all of those sorts of things that impacts my sleep. Um, I have found um, tracking my mood, the How We Feel app. I love the How We Feel app. It's so simple. Um, and it's just a great way of tracking over a couple of weeks, uh, seeing where your mood is. Um, and then what do you learn from that? And I think when I explore all the ways that I use technology, it's more about do I use it to serve uh, what I need? And what can I learn from it? What's my reflection? Because you can use, whether it's an Aura Ring, a Fitbit, a Strava, you can use um, a whole bunch of different things, whether they're cheap or expensive, free apps or whatever you. But if we don't actually use the data, the information to reflect and to learn, um, then maybe what good is it? And it's one of the things that I love about the mappiness data um, that's come uh, mainly out of the UK of really looking at the impact of different activities. So being in a park as opposed to being uh, in the underground or at work, etc. Um, when your football team wins or loses, when you're playing away or playing from home, the mappiness data, because we've got this big data, gives us some really fun themes to look at. And the key thing is, what can we learn from that data? What can we learn by the fact that uh, more people are increase in their overall happiness when they're in a park in London than when they're on the streets, etc.? Or does it mean we all stand around in parks? Uh, no, potentially not. We've still got other things to get on with. But what else is playing out in that? Is it the nature or is it that we're not working? Uh, is it that when we're in the park, we're potentially with people or are we on, on our own? So there's so much we don't know, and yet technology can perhaps give us insights. And if we use that technology wisely, perhaps we can use those insights uh, to increase our overall well-being. 
I hope that just gives you some food for thought. Uh, in our next session, we are coming up towards the end of the calendar year. Uh, so we will be exploring what some of the things, some of the activities we might do to reflect on our year and perhaps move forward into the year ahead. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next session of our Lermasu Walk and Talk podcast. In the meantime, if you want to join us for some upcoming special guests, we have the fabulous Nick Marks talking about um, Happy Planet and well-being and organisations. And we also, our last amazing guest of the year, uh, we have Ellen Langer talking about her work around uh, the mindful body and her new book. So I hope to see you on some of those sessions and uh, check out learnwithsue.com.au on our website. Thanks so much, everybody.